got an adult beverage here. I got some gin, having a, having a little drink, trying to chill. I'm absolutely exhausted. I've been up all freaking night uh, flying out here and everything, but uh, I'm kind of wired, man. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just completely wired. So why even try to sleep right now? That's, that's my philosophy. I'm just um, gonna chill here, talk to you guys for a little bit. We'll see if anyone's on the chat. Going on earlier than I thought I would. I thought the weigh-in would take longer than it did. It kind of wrapped up really, really quick. It was very efficient, just boom, boom, boom. That's the thing with these weigh-ins that are like closed to the public is they run very fast. They're over. It feels like that weigh-in lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're done with that. And now I'm just chilling. And um, later today, or tonight, I should say, I'm going to be covering the... Uh, Sua rugby side fight over in Thailand. Uh, he's fighting, and I think he's fighting another Thai fighter. I, I previewed it in, on TNC this week, and um, I think that's going to be on at 8.30. I'm central time now in Dallas. By the way, hopefully you guys can hear me pretty good. It, it's, it's pretty windy out here, and uh, there's planes and stuff going, so hopefully you guys can hear me good. If you can't, just let me know in the chat, and I'll cut the feed. But I got my little lav mic over here, and... Um, just going live here. Uh, there's a little terrace at, at the hotel I'm staying at. The uh, American Airlines Arena is literally like, I think half a mile that way, back like bet behind these buildings here. So um, we're just gonna we can walk over there to to the, you know everything tomorrow, which is really really cool. We didn't stay at the fight hotel because uh, we're, we're just here as fans uh, for this event tomorrow. So. Um, I'm working tonight, you know, I got to be professional tonight, but tomorrow I'm just going to have fun. And if I'm here as a fan, then I don't want to be around coworkers and stuff. You know, I kind of want to be off the beaten path. So uh, my wife, she's here. She's actually working right now up in the room. We're chilling here, uh, but like half a mile from the venue. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I'm working tonight for the covering the rugby side fight. I'll post a recap on ringtv.com. And the reason why, um, you know, I wanted to pick up that assignment, I mean, well, first, I need the money, but um, also uh, that has big implications for what we're going to see tomorrow night because Rungvisai has fought both Estrada and Chocolatito, obviously, and he's had pretty good results in those fights. So whether Estrada wins or Chocolatito wins, if Rungvisai does his job tonight, which technically it's already tomorrow over there in Thailand, you know, but... But here it's, it's, you know, it's, it'll be tonight here in the States. Um, he, you know, could be in line for the winner between that fight. At the same time, if uh, Estrada, let's say Estrada barely wins. Let's say it's a close fight and Estrada barely pulls it out. Well, then I think that sets up a rubber match between him and Chocolatito again later this year. Normally that would go to California, but... Who knows what's going to be up in California with, you know, COVID restrictions and all that. You guys follow the news. You know that things are wide open here in Texas. It just opened up literally this Wednesday. Things opened up. Uh, so we just got here and I've been asking around. I, you know, I like to, like, walk around and talk to people and figure out what's going on in, in the town. Um, masks are not mandated. But if individual businesses want to mandate that you wear masks, they can. So, like, here at our hotel, when we're inside the hotel, 
like in the lobby or whatever, at the bar or whatever, we have to wear a mask. When we checked in, we have to wear a mask. But out here at the pool right now where I'm chilling, uh, we don't. So tomorrow, uh, a few of you guys have asked about this before I forget. Uh, and I'm, I'm running on fumes, guys, so I'm, my brain is really scattered right now. I, I caught, basically caught a red-eye flight out here today or yesterday. <laughs> um, but tomorrow, uh, American Airlines Center, it's normally uh, 20,000 capacity. I think they have it scaled down to 5,000. And you have to wear a mask, except for when you drink, which, you know, I'll be having a few cocktails uh, tonight and tomorrow. But yeah, so they got masks. Now, some people are pissed off about that. Some think it's good, some think it's bad, whatever. For, for those of you who are annoyed by it, look, when Matchroom Boxing did this deal, this promotion, and you know, with the commission and everything else, that was a, what, a couple months ago. And at that time, there were certain restrictions still in place. So they're basically honoring those restrictions. On top of that, American Airlines Center, the, the or arena, whatever the hell it is, that where the, the venue where the fights uh, taking place, they want to keep with the mask thing. So uh, that that's why they're still going with that protocol. And that's why Matchroom did not open the way in today to the public, even though technically they could have per the laws of this state, the, um, the logistics of that, they had not worked out previously, right? So when they, again, when they originally scheduled this fight, it was under those old restrictions and they were not planning to do a public. Sorry about that. Someone was just calling me, of course. So, um, I'm not, I'm not set up in the studio, obviously. I'm just talking into my phone here. So anyone, when someone calls, it screws up the feed. Uh, Florian Seagreist on the uh, Super Chat. Thank you so much, Florian. He says, yo, Michael, good to see you. You look tired, bro. Uh, good to see you mask-free. We are still in lockdown here in Switzerland. Enjoy the fights, bro. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. I am tired, bro. Yeah, I mean, I just wrinkles all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally, I look a little fresher than this, right? I look a little better, slightly more handsome. I'll be more put together tomorrow. But right now, whew, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm running on fumes, man. So um, we got here to the hotel really, really early in the morning, and they were cool enough to let us check in, which was awesome. So Tiff and I got to check in and said, we thought we were going to be like basically sleeping in the lobby, which I've done before. I've, I mean, the, 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 I have so many crazy stories covering fights in this sport, man. I've, I've literally slept in train stations, hotel lobbies, um, restaurants, <laughs> everywhere. Because uh, some, sometimes, you, you, you know, you get in last minute, red eye flight, and you can't check in. But they let us check in. Problem is all the power in the room turned off as soon as we got in there. So like we weren't able to sleep, weren't able to relax. The engineer had to come up to the room and it's a nice hotel. I'm not shitting on the hotel. It's just a, a freak thing, man. And they had to fix that. So it's been a little crazy. Um, whatever. It is what it is, right? But um, let's see. Let me get over here to the chat. A few of you guys here on the chat watching live with me. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, Melody Joy's on. I'm so glad you're able to join live. I know you haven't been able to with a lot of my shows. Uh, let's see. Hooligan90 says, I'm rolling with Estrada, but the fight could go either way. Yes. Brennan Smith asks, why do people dislike plant? That's a good Smith. Not related to what's happening tomorrow, but um, I guess somewhat it is because uh, Benavidez is fighting tomorrow, right? I don't think anybody dislikes Plant. I think Plant is just unproven, man. He ain't fought nobody. And I know he fought uh, Uzkatagi, but 
Um, he was, I think, a little overrated and, and not who I'd call an elite-level fighter. So Plant and Benavidez is still unproven. And Plant's getting a lot of love and everything like that. And he's probably going to win those Canelo sweepstakes later this year. That's if his, his handlers let him uh, you know, give him up to Canelo, which I'm starting to wonder if they will. They're going to demand a multi-fight deal with Canelo, and I don't think he's going to want to do that. But uh, we'll see. But, yeah, with Plant, man, it's just, he's just unproven, dog. He ain't fought nobody. Johnny's Boxing Empire. Johnny Boy's on. He says, I was going to say that's Motown weather, not ATL weather. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, it's interesting. This does remind me of my hometown for real. As soon as we got off the plane, I told Tiffany, yo, this sky is dope. And she's from San Diego, so she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is depressing. Like, this is what I fucking grew up with. Like, this gray sky where it's like, so it's 70 here, right? But because it's not sunny and there's a breeze, it's nice and cool. Like, I'm not hot. I'm not sweating. In Atlanta, I'd be sweating my balls off if it's 75 there because the sun's always blazing, which I guess is good. But sometimes I like it gray like this. This is what I grew up with. So, like, Dallas kind of reminds me of a southern version of Detroit. I don't know if that makes any sense, but if you look at a map, or Chicago, whatever, but if you look at a map, it's dead south from that part of the country. More, more Chicago, I'd say, because Detroit's more east. But uh, it's kind of got the same, I don't know, infrastructure, if you will. It's, it just looks and feels the same, except it's in Texas. Some people talk funny. <laughs> Johnny says, salute, Mike. Cugino. Cugino mio. Yeah, man, good, good to have you on the chat, brother. Uh, the beauty of boxing, Melody Joyce says, Plant talks a lot for a resume like his. Hell yeah. And, you know, everybody kind of does that shit today on Twitter and everything. And I, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting fucking annoyed. Uh, right now, man, we are the third month into the year, right? And we have some good fights scheduled. Like, we got uh, Taylor Ramirez, right? This fight tomorrow is amazing. We got some good fights to look forward to. But there's a lot of stars. The entire PBC stable, Gennady Golovkin, um, Dimitri Bivol, who I'm, I'm really high on. There's several other fighters. Uh, of course, at, at heavyweight, none of the premier heavyweights have a fight schedule. What the fuck's going on, man? Like, if you want to have big fights in May and June, that shit needs to be announced already so people know what to do, you know, in terms of making plans, buying tickets. It's ridiculous. So everyone's talking shit on Twitter, man, um, but nobody's fighting. No one, you know, I can't just beat up on PBC. I talked about it this week on my show. PBC schedule is dead, but um, that Gennady Golovkin doesn't have a fight schedule. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the biggest stars in the sport. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, these guys don't have fight schedule. What the hell is going on? They need to get on it, man. 2021, let's go. 2020 was some bullshit, and I think everybody's ready to, well, not everybody, the blue checkmark idiots, they're not, but everybody else is ready to start living again, and people want to get out to events, man, they want to go to baseball games, the fights, whatever it is, and um, I don't know, boxing's just letting everybody down, I know UFC just had a, a big show last weekend, and uh, I, you know, I, I don't really know anything about UFC, but those of you out there who do, you know, have let me know that they've had big shows already, and they just had a big one last weekend. Boxing's got to catch up, man. What we got tomorrow with this card is um, is uh, a very, I would say, like boxing nerds type of fight, right? Because 
this isn't for the casuals. These are little dudes, man. I don't know if you guys saw the weigh-in, but seeing uh, El Mini, Vega, the guy who's fighting um, the Japanese fighter tomorrow, so junior flyweights, that dude is really, really t- He really is El Mini. He was standing next to Todd Grisham, who's my height. Todd's my size. I may, maybe, maybe an inch taller, but Todd's pretty much my size. And this Elmini, you know, he was standing up next to Todd while he was interviewing. It was just funny, dude. He's just a tiny little dude. But, I mean, all these guys are tiny. The girls tomorrow are the biggest fighters on the card. So this is more for boxing nerds, you know, for, for people like us. If you're watching this video, you're a boxing nerd just like me. Uh, that's who this is for. But it's going to be an amazing event, man. I, I can't wait. Uh, I guess we should talk about the fights a little bit. But, um yeah, Florian says, my 12-year-old son is that weight. Yeah, I mean, uh, my wife weighs more than, uh, than the fighters tomorrow, you know. She looks tiny, but she's been, uh, I've had her in the gym pumping some iron. She's put on some muscle, and um, they might weigh more than her on fight night. But, like, today, she weighs more than these fighters. That's, like, crazy, you know what I'm saying? And I'm twice her size, so. Ah, man, um. Let's talk about the ladies real quick. McCaskill and um, Brett Coops. Some people were surprised that they came in like a, a couple pounds under welterweight. They always do. Um, McCaskill, you got to remember, man, she started as a lightweight, right? And she's really, I think she's probably outgrown lightweight by now, but she's really a junior welterweight. She could very easily make 140. Brett Coops isn't a big welterweight, but she is a legitimate welterweight. Um, coming in at this weight for her... At this stage, I think she's just in really good shape. And tomorrow, she knows, I think she realizes she needs to start sooner in, in that fight because she started way too late in the first fight last year. Uh, for McCaskill, what, what I want to see is can she improve? Sometimes when you have rematches like this, right, where there's an upset with a younger fighter, even though McCaskill is only a few years younger, in boxing years, she's way younger than Brekus, right? When you have a younger fighter take over that older fighter, sometimes in the rematch, you'll see the older fighter return to their old glory, and maybe they took the, that fighter lightly in the first, first time around. But then sometimes you'll see that younger fighter improve. Like, they barely beat the older fighter the first time around, but in the rematch, they really improve. They learn from those rounds. I want to see if McCaskill could do that. Um, I'm a little surprised she came in. I think it was like 144.8, something like, I can't remember the exact weight, but she wasn't, I can't remember, um, I, I can hear it in my head, but it's, it's a little less than 145. I thought maybe she wanted to put on a couple more pounds of muscle because her and Rick Ramos, her trainer, they've been working on that a lot. And her game is to be physical. You know what I'm saying? It's to, to muscle girls and be physical on the inside and rough girls up. So um, I'm surprised. I thought maybe she wanted to put on a couple more pounds of muscle, but maybe she needs to have that stamina because she did kind of, the gas tank was getting drained a little bit in, in the later rounds of that fight. By the way, hopefully it doesn't rain on me. If it starts raining, guys, then we're going to have to cut this video short. It's sprinkling right now. I can handle that. But if it starts pouring, I got a laptop right here. I got to run inside. And uh, that's not me moving the phone. That's the wind out here. It's very, very windy. Uh, Kouster says, these little guys would kick our asses. Those little guys would kick our asses. Hell yeah. Yeah, these are little dudes you don't mess with. Oh, man, it's starting to rain. All right, uh, Komain, I like the Japanese kid by knockout. 
main event real quick before it starts to pour on me, guys. I might have to go here. Uh, there's people in the pool. They're getting out. Um, I Look, man, I, I think Estrada is going to edge this fight. I think Estrada is going to win by decision. And for a few reasons. One I mentioned on my show this week. The first fight back in 2012 between these two was at junior flyweight. That is the only time Estrada has fought below the flyweight limit. He had not fought below flyweight before, hasn't since. And I think that super flyweight, where he's at now, or junior bantamweight, whatever you want to call it, that extra weight, I think, benefits him more than it benefits Gonzalez. Both guys look good. Neither one of them look drained. Estrada looks like he's all business right now. He looks very, very serious. He wasn't laughing or joking. Even before he got up on stage, I saw him um, with his team just stone-faced the whole time. Uh, the interview with, with Todd Grisham, same thing. And then when he kind of left off stage, I saw him just stone-faced. Chocolatito, very relaxed, laughing, joking, jovial. And he's always kind of like that. But I've seen him at weigh-ins look serious because he was dead, because he was... Um, so drained because he had blown up so much between fights. He's doing better now. Woo, that rain's cold. He's doing <laughs> that rain is cold, man. Uh, he's doing a better job now, staying in shape in between fights, and um, that's good. But I just think he's a little bit past that peak, man. So, so, does he have one more night of magic left? Perhaps. And I'll eat crow, and I'll admit that. But my official prediction is Estrada by decision. Could even be a late stoppage, but I'm not going there. It wouldn't blow my mind, okay? It, it wouldn't blow my mind to see either of these guys, or maybe both of them, put down tomorrow. But I'm going to predict no knockdowns, high action, good back and forth. Estrada takes a close decision and perhaps sets us up for a rubber match later this year, which if, if, if they bring that back to Texas, um, you, you got to think, by then, everything is going to be wide open here, full capacity. I saw some news thing the other day where uh, the baseball team here is at full capacity now, their stadium. I, I don't know if you have to wear a mask or whatever, but they're not scaling it down anymore. 100% capacity, right? So I imagine the other sports teams and everything will follow suit with that here. So if they do a rematch, or I'm sorry, the, the rubber match, if Estrada wins, why not bring it right back here, man? Because then... 100% capacity. If they bring it to California at Dignity Health, whatever the hell it's called now, StubHub Center, Home Depot Center, um, it's probably still only going to be 50% capacity, even at the end of this year. That's what I'm hearing from my friends out there in Cali, close to the commission. So um, I'd love to be proven wrong, but that's how I see it. Uh, ooh, that wind is kicking up. Woo! Man, it's about to blow the damn tripod right over. Uh, 30... 30s30 says, Mike, what do you think of Estrada joining Reynoso? I like it. Look, if I was training any fighter right now, particularly a fighter from Mexico or a Mexican-American fighter, I'd send them to San Diego and have them work with Reynoso's team, man. Dignity Health Sports Park, Shadowbacken says. That's it. That's too many words, man. StubHub Center, Home Depot Center. That's way easier. Dignity Health Sports Park, that's too much. That's too many words. That one extra word. I'm American. I'm lazy. <laughs> that's too many words. You know what? That rain is cold, but it actually, it kind of feels good. And everyone's still chilling here in the pool, so I'm going to stay out here. Because if they're not kicking the people out of the pool, 
then we're good. They were saying it was going to be thunderstorms, but so far, no thunder, no lightning. So I think we're good out here. Uh, I'm chilling. There's like this little pergola thing I'm chilling under. Unfortunately, this little tripod that I brought, it's only like a foot tall. So you guys are looking up my nose right now. Normally, I'd have my you know studio tripod and it'd be like shooting down. It'd be awesome. Uh, the view's pretty cool here, man. And you guys know I have a rooftop bar fetish. There's apparently 17 rooftop bars in and around downtown Dallas. So I'm going to be in heaven this week. Uh, I was going to say this weekend, but yeah, you know what? It pretty much will be the whole weekend. I'll be here till I think Sunday at like five or six. So, um, so I think it'll, it's supposed to clear up tomorrow and then it's supposed to rain again Sunday. I don't give a fuck. I'm still going to the rooftop bars because they don't have many of them in Atlanta, which I don't understand. It's warm there. But um, I don't know. D Dallas versus Atlanta. Mm. It's way flatter here. Atlanta is hilly as fuck. Just mountains and hills everywhere and trees, dude. You could be in downtown Atlanta and you're still in a forest. It, you don't feel like you're in a big city because there's so many trees. Anyway, I'm getting way off subject here. Uh, let's see. Kouster says, Puma suit, very Guido. <laughs> That's not, that's, that's uh, culturally, ethnically insensitive, my friend. I'm going to have to report you to Google and YouTube because, you know, this is 2021. You can't say the word Guido. I don't give a shit. You're not going to offend me. Hey, man, I got several Puma suits. And, uh, you know, I, I love the Puma. I got several Puma shoes. And uh, my wife used to make fun of me about that shit. And she said the same thing you would say until she tried one on. Now... She's got about three Puma suits. And let me tell you, there's nothing sexier than a woman in a fresh Puma suit with, with a little makeup on. You know, maybe their hair is just up or something like that, you know, to where they're kind of sporty, kind of chill, but they're not trying too hard. There is something sexy about that. Let me tell you something. Azizi's on. What's up, Azizi? He says uh, Saunders ruptured his scrotum for his <laughs> Look, Saunders can be a douchebag, but he can also be funny as shit. Uh, can, can you rupture a scrotum? I know you can probably rupture a ball, like if someone, you know, you owe somebody money, you know. The La Cosa Nostra guys, they might, you know, take a, take a little meat cleaver to your ball sack. That might do something, but why do people keep calling? So another asshole just called me, ruined the signal. Sorry about that, guys. That's what happens when you go live on a phone. I should have, you know what I should have did? I should have did the do not disturb thing. But um, oh, Azizi says, Mike got disconnected for staying in La Cosa Nostra. Hey, you know, my official, this is me talking officially here. La Cosa Nostra is a Hollywood creation. There's no such thing. It's all bullshit. It's racist, made up propaganda from the United States government. You know what FBI stands for? Fucking the butts of Italians. That's what they do. <clears throat> I know Johnny Boy in the chat. He'll know what I'm talking about. I'm looking down on my laptop. It is covered in rain. <laughs> uh, oh, well, hopefully it holds up. We shall see. I should have brought a little towel out here. Oops. Oh, man, I wish you guys could be here chilling. Um, you know, I, not to get on a political rant, but I, I think that people have been cooped up now for a year. And it's crazy to me as a grown-ass adult just how nice it is to sit here at a, at a little perch here at this hotel, this little balcony, 
and just have a little adult beverage with no, um, no mask on. I see some families chilling in the pool here. They don't have masks on. Everyone's chilling. Everyone's being responsible. No one's being crazy. But it's just, it makes you appreciate the little things, man. Uh, being able to come down here, you know, I was in Miami a couple weeks ago. That was a good trip for me. Um, you know, did some good work for Ring TV. And now, um, you know, just coming down to this fight in Dallas two weeks later, this is great, man. And then we got some club shows coming uh, on the East Coast that I'll, I'll be chilling at ringside. Um, so in a couple different states there that I can probably drive to, I love that. I love that things are opening back up and people are getting out. And you just, I see people here so far, the same thing I saw in Miami, being positive and just um, enjoying human to human contact. And um, I think we need that as human beings, right? And um, the human race was not meant to sit alone in a, in a cubicle somewhere with a fucking mask on and not talk to anybody else. Uh, and now just everyone I see today so far has just been smiling, just happy, smiling. You know, even the, the, the girl that checked us in at the crack of dawn in the morning, um, she was smiling and happy. And it was almost like they were happy we were here to the point where she was like, oh, yeah, I'll check you in. I, you're eight hours early, whatever. I'll check you in. You know, like it, it's, uh, it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see. Anyway, here, I got I to gotta get started here. I'm, this is a double, by the way. So if you're going to get started, get started right. And all I did, I went down to the bar and I told her, give me a double. Um, I got gin, the strongest gin they had. Give me a double, a little bit of club soda. I don't want that tonic shit because it's full of sugar. Give me a little bit of club soda, smash a lime in there. Boom. That's it. Simple. Real simple. Ahmed is asking, uh, Mike, can you upload the audio version of this on Spreaker? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I don't know how good the audio will be, so for those of you listening in the future, <laughs> um, I apologize if the audio sucks. I literally have a lav mic on my collar here, on my Puma, and I'm sitting here talking. Uh, they're playing music here at the hotels. I don't even know if you guys can hear any of that stuff. Hopefully not too much of it. Carlos, what's up, man? Carlos is on the chat. He says, uh, you have to love what you do, bro. And uh, he goes, yeah, I feel you. Uh, Tiff, I'm in need of a drink as well. Oh, Tiff is on the chat. She says, I need an adult beverage too. Come on, baby. Stop working and get the hell out here and have a drink with me. Shit. Um, I can't have too much to drink. I just, just one, just one. Because, again, I'm covering that rugby side fight tonight and I have to be able to spell. <laughs> I have to be able to formulate sentences. So, um, you know, man, again, going back to that, though, going back to that, it, it, really, it becomes very interesting because if Estrada barely wins. Now, look, if Estrada, let's say Estrada knocks out Chocolatito in like the fifth round and it's one-sided. Okay, then that, that debate's settled. But let's say he wins like 115, 113, 116, 112, and it's a really good fight. I really think we'll get a rubber match later this year. I really, really do. But if he wins big, or if Chocolatito, this, this would be crazy. Let's talk about this. If Chocolatito beats Estrada again, and it's decisive, whether it's on points or whether he, he stops him. And Estrada has been dropped in his career. Multiple times he's been dropped. So, uh, you know, it is possible. He's never been stopped, but he has been dropped. If Chocolatito did that, okay, and then, and then, 
obviously the next fight to make is him and Rungvi Sai later this year, if Rungvi Sai wins tonight, which I think he will. That's a huge fight, man. That's a huge fight. And let's just say, let's just go with this. Let's just say Chocolatito beats Estrada tomorrow night, and then he beats Rungvi Sai after losing to him before, by devastating knockout. He had those two tough fights with him, but the second one, crushing knockout. Everyone thought he was done, including me. Uh, that night, I think I did a ringside recap, and I said it right there. This dude needs to retire. Being right next to the ring and seeing that happen, it was devastating for me to see. If he can go and beat Estrada again and then Rungvisai, where does he rate all time? I, because at that point, Alexis Arguello, best Nicaraguan fighter ever, yeah. But I don't know, Estrada might be in that discussion at that point. And I know some people will think that's sacrilegious, me saying that. They'll think I'm crazy. But, dude, he beats Estrada and then Rungvisai this year? At this age, as a little dude, I don't know, man. He would already be the best little fighter ever, hands down. He's already one of the best, maybe the best, but he's at least in the discussion right now. But if he were, if he were to beat Estrada and then Rungvisai this year, he is the best fighter ever at 118 or below. Anything under 118. When I say little guy, I'm saying under Bantamweight, okay? I think that that argument would be settled what do you guys think am i crazy but I, I just think that if he were to do those two things this year considering where he was just a few years ago dude that'd be insane i, I think he would qualify as the best little fighter ever at that point oh the plate wow a lot of clouds out here man this really is uh johnny i don't know if johnny boy is still on but he was on earlier and he's from chicago and uh he was saying, you know, this is Detroit weather. It's like, yeah, man, this is really reminding me of my childhood right here where I grew up. The sky looked like this six months a year, man. But it was awesome. Uh, let's see. Adrian in the chat says, Italian, Poli, Marconi, gin, if you can find it. Neat is unbelievable. All right. Actually, I don't know if you ever heard of Melfi gin. It's Sicilian gin. That's really good. I, I got some of that. We actually just finished that off not too, uh, not too long ago at my house. We had a bottle of that. It was like pink, like grapefruit gin from Sicily. You wouldn't think. You don't think gin Italy, right? But they had um, this grapefruit, and it was colored. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was like pink, like the grapefruit um, from Sicily. Really, really good. Really good. But, yeah, I'll check that out. I like gin because it's got a little more punch than vodka. But um, it's not as sugary and everything as bourbon. I like bourbon, don't get me wrong. But, like, when it's really, really hot in the summer and stuff, it's hard to drink that, you know? You want something light. But I'm not drinking much these days. I, I really, really, I'm going to have a cocktail today and one or two tomorrow. But I'm trying to get my ass in shape. Uh, I posted a picture earlier holding um, coffee. And some of you guys are asking about my knuckles because they're all red and busted up. And it's like... Well, yeah, dude, I've been training. That's just what happens. No matter how much you wrap your hands, your knuckles will get busted up. And mine are still busted up a little bit. And one thing about my fingers is they kind of go crooked. My thumb goes... <laughs> That's what happens, man. When you, you, know, you box enough, you punch enough shit. I don't know if you can see right now, but everything gets busted up. It's just what happens. 
Hamed says, Inoue versus Rungvi Sai would have been more competitive 115-118. Yeah, but you, here's the thing, Hamed. I agree with you. But is Rungvi Sai the same dude? He had a really good, what, 2017, 2018. And then I think he became a cop there in Thailand. Got, he's, he's a star over there, right? He, it, which he should be. He absolutely should be. He deserves all the accolades he gets over there. And one, there was one of you guys on Twitter that was asking me, why doesn't Rungvi Sai get uh, love in America? He was in 2017, 2018, but then he kind of like fell off a little bit, man. He had that, that second fight with Estrada, I think, in 2019. But other than that, you look at his resume the last few years, he's kind of just stayed over there in Thailand fighting second, third tier opposition. So... Um, I'd like to see him fight the winner of tomorrow night's fight should he win again. But him against Inoue right now, I just don't know if Rugby Sai is the same dude. I don't know if he lost. Look, boxing's hard, man. It's really hard. And once most fighters, most, get to a certain level of success, at least from what I've seen, okay, one guy's opinion, and I've been around hundreds of fighters at all levels, once they get to a certain level of success and make a little bit of money, get a little bit of a little bit of acclaim, some dudes get comfortable. Actually, most dudes get comfortable, and they don't have that same edge, you know. And I just part of me wonders if that's what's happened to Rungvi's side. It's very, very few guys that after they're making money and they're they're a star, whether here in America or, or their home country, if they're from another part of the world. They kind of lose that edge a little bit, dude. And that's what I've seen from Rungby side lately. But uh, I want to see, you know, we'll see tonight. It'll be on DAZN, by the way, for those of you asking. Um, 8.30 Central Time, where I am here in Dallas. So 9.30 East Coast Time, 6.30 West Coast Time. It'll be on DAZN. So make sure you check that out. And, and look and watch and pay attention. And let me know what you think. Is Rungby side still a killer? Because that dude who fought... Chocolatito twice. I was ringside for the first fight in New York. I was ringside for the second fight in Los Angeles. That dude was a fucking killer in those fights. He was hungry and nasty. And Chocolatito was actually the more pampered dude coming into those fights. Now, Chocolatito seems like he's kind of like refound that, that hunger a little bit, you know? And I just wonder if Rungby Sai is the same guy. Anyway, let's see. Let's get back to the chat here. Blue Collar Sports TV says, Rungvisai threw away the second Estrada fight. His tactics were so strange. Yeah, it was kind of weird, man. Again, he just didn't look like that same hungry dude. Who, in the first fight with Estrada and the two fights with, uh, with Gonzalez, he, he looked like, look, he went back home, got parades all over the media, you know, all over the news there. He's a celebrity, and he should be. He really, truly should be. He deserves that. And I, I, he, he's a public servant over in Thailand, which is awesome. You know, so he's, he's really into helping the community and things like that. And, you know, you kind of saw that with Pacquiao. But Pacquiao is so special. Pacquiao kind of became more of a celebrity and public servant, a singer, a basketball player, which is hilarious. Dude, I would, I'd kill Manny in a one-on-one -on -one game. And I haven't picked up a basketball in probably 15 years. But I played in the Marine Corps. When I was in the Marines, I played on their team and stuff. But um, I was a pretty good basketball player. Actually, I had two colleges wanting to give me a scholarship, and my dumb ass went into the military. But I needed it. I needed to straighten my ass out. Anyway, tangent. Um, Manny, 
is so special that he's able to juggle all that. And even though, like, I'd say Manny hasn't been a killer for 15-plus years, he still can get in the ring and beat a lot of world-class guys. You know, that, that's, that's rare. But for rugby side, I just don't know, man. Uh, ZZ asks, how much water do I drink per day on average? I try to get a gallon a day, bro. If, uh, I'll tell you right now, if I go to the boxing gym, I might get two gallons because you're losing a gallon in the boxing gym. And um, I've been going twice a week. So I've, I've been running. I've been doing road work two days a week, boxing gym two days a week, and then um, weights twice a week. That's what I've been doing since uh, my brother's uh, ceremony, which was in January. So like the last two months. I was actually talking to my coach yesterday. I was at the boxing gym yesterday, and he's going to, he's like, Mike, we're going to take it up a notch because uh, I got some plans. I ain't going to talk about it right here, not yet, but I got some plans in the works uh, for, some, for some pretty cool stuff later this year. And he was like, um, we got we to double your boxing, so we're going to go four days a week in the gym and bring you in with some of my guys, some of my heavyweights, my pros. He's got a couple pros that he trains. So... Um, He's writing that up, and I'll start doing that next week. So at this age, man, it's just, um, you know, I'll admit, guys, when my brother died last year, um, I probably gained 10 pounds. And I, I don't wear so much on my face or my arms. My, my, my weight goes to, to the trunk. So right now I've still got like five more pounds to go. To, to where you can see my, my abs again. You know what I'm saying? Right now I got like a little little blanket over them. <laughs> and um, that was all just, yeah, I, I guess you'd call it depression, you know, for, after my brother and then the holidays and everything like that. And um, we were going to have a ceremony for him in December, but uh, some family members caught COVID, so we had to delay it till the middle of January, yada, yada, yada. And so I'm trying to work to cut that off that weight that I gained and get like in fight shape and keep my strength up. And I'm also 41 years old. I have this job that I do with, with ring magazine where I'm exclusive to ring. And then I do some other work, some consulting stuff to bring in some extra money. And then I'm trying to renovate a house and I got a wife, you know, it's crazy, man. But it's, um, there's some goals I have for this year, especially now with my brother in mind that I want to dedicate to him. So, yeah, anyway, long answer, a gallon a day. Azizi asks, will we see Montero fighting anytime soon? If things work out the way that I want them to work out, maybe, I'll just put it there. Perhaps. <laughs> Dirt and Boxing asks, YouTube beef? Uh, <laughs> No. Although, I w- yeah, I'd, I'd shit. I would do one of those damn YouTube fights if, um, if the zone hit me up or whoever hit me up and said, man, we'll give you XYZ amount of money to fight some dude on YouTube. Shit, I don't, yeah, okay. I could pay off my house. Shit, I don't care. Do it. Let's hook it up. Cleafus McDonald asks, I'm late. What brought you to Dallas? Uh, Cleafus, there's this fight tomorrow. Maybe you've been sleeping under a rock. I don't know. But there's this guy named Juan Francisco Estrada. There's this other guy called Roman Gonzalez. 
they're going to fight here tomorrow, about half a mile that way. Like three, literally, you can't see it because of those buildings right there. The, the fight hotel is actually right down there. Uh, on the other side of the fight hotel and all that, right there. So I'm just going to be walking over there. <clears throat> Let's see, Shadowboxing says, yeah, most people think crunches get you abs. Not everybody has them, but you have to get lean enough so they are visible. Yes. Although I will say I've been doing, I've been getting 300 sit-ups a day. My goal is to get 10,000 this month. Um, I haven't done any today and now I just had a drink, but I'm going to go do them. I'm going to do them before I work later tonight. So I've been trying to get 300, 350. I actually did 500 yesterday. Man, that sucked. But um, sometimes my, my boxing coach, he'll get me up on the tower where you got to you know, hold yourself up and kick your legs up. Oh, I hate that shit. And then uh, where you lay upside down and have to sit up like that. It's crazy, man, because back in the day when I was younger, I used to crush that shit. And now, man, ooh, it's, just, it's just different, guys. But, you know, hey, I, the thing is, I'm keeping up in the gym with dudes that are like 25 and shit. So it was the other day, I was doing drills with this one dude, and um, he, uh, you know, we, we were doing, he's like 21, doing drills, whatever. And then at one point, I'm like, oh, you know, you know, not bad for an old man, right? He goes, old man. And I'm like, dude, I'm 41. He goes, what? Blank, I thought you was 30. I won't say what he called me. I, I'm not allowed to say it, but he goes, Blank, I thought you was 30. So that, that made me feel good. <laughs> that made me feel real good. And I don't think he was making that shit up just to make me feel good. I think he was being serious. Uh, Costa says, fight Mario Lopez. In boxing? Okay. But Mario does wrestling and all this other... I don't know about all that. The thing with Mario, dude, is Mario regularly spars with, like, world-class pros. So Mario really knows his shit. Like, and he's multidisciplined. He, he could do it in many different martial arts. He's a legit dude. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Costa says, you already forgot Steve Kim's other co-host. Talk about Doug Fisher? You got to explain yourself, Costa. Matthew D'Souza says, have you ever done any of the exercises in Rocky Four? The ones where Rocky is in the barn? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, the ab exercise where he lifts his body up by his abs. Guys, if, if you can do that, you're going to crown. I don't know if you guys know what crowning is, but it's when your stomach pops out a little bit. Like you want to try to have that flatness, right? But for me, my stomach, it comes out just a little bit. Um, it's just the way I'm built. But yes, I can do those. Oh my God, do they suck. Those are awesome ab exercises and you actually if you do it the right way it can almost be a full not just abs but your whole core a great like all body exercise and it's you know you see a dude who weighs like 130 he can crush those but if you're 200 pounds or more those are tough man i got long ass legs those are really tough exercises but those are great man i learned those a long time ago and uh we were doing those back in the Marine Corps. And um, you guys believe, here, this will blow your mind. When I was in the Marine Corps, I was, I, they listed me at six foot three. I guess I've grown an inch in height since then. But, cause I was only 18, 19. 
But I weighed, I got down to 177. I could get down to 177 back then. Right now, I'm 230, dude. I was 177, yo, at 6'3". You believe that shit? I was just a malnourished, skinny, poor kid from Detroit. I just, I had nothing on me, man. I was like Tommy Hearn skinny. Crazy. All right, there goes that double. Boom. Gone. Let's see. Um, all right, let's see. Ace, excuse me, sir. Any word on Taylor versus Ramirez venue? Okay. Guaranteed that Taylor Ramirez is going to Vegas. And the MGM has that fight. So, when I say MGM, that doesn't necessarily mean MGM Grand. MGM owns several properties in Vegas. Actually, shit, they own half the town. So, it could be any of, of, of those venues that they own, okay? So, um, shit, if I had to guess, guys, it, it just comes down to, we know it's May 22nd, right? So, it comes down to availability, but it also comes down to which venue is going to work with what Top Rank wants to do. They want to get as many fans in there as they can, and it's in Vegas. They want to amp up those ticket prices, at least the ring sides, right? So which venue is going to work with them? Now, at the top of your head, you're thinking MGM Grand. Go there, right? Because that's right there in the casino, blah, blah, blah. They have the infrastructure for media. Yeah, maybe. But it's up to if the people at that property wants to work with them. They might say, you know what, dude? We're going to do 50% capacity. Meanwhile, Mandalay Bay, which is down the street, yeah, it's not as convenient as MGM Grand, but they might be like, hey, dude, we'll do 75% if you bring it here, right? So right now, they're trying to figure that out. But I guarantee you guys, it's going to Vegas. Book your tickets to Vegas, your flights and everything. It's going to Vegas. It'll be at one of the MGM properties, okay? So, yeah, I've had a few of you guys ask me about that. Uh, let's see. Suda asks, looking back now, who would have won between Inoue and Chocolatito? Dude, that, wow. That depends on when and where. When I say where, what division? Inoue is the naturally bigger, stronger, more explosive guy. You saw what Donaire was able to do with Inoue, right? But that was 118, and that was, yeah, when that was 118 last year. So you'd have to go back further, let's say 112, 115 for Inoue, he would have just been a prospect. So although he would have been more explosive than Chocolatito and have much more power and I think even more speed, he's, he's a twitchy, that, that dude is nasty for real. But at that weight, he was still kind of unproven. So up against a, a 108 or 112 version of Chocolatito, I don't know, dude. I might have to, I might have to go Chocolatito decision on that one. Let's see. Uh, Ace asked if I'm going to the Taylor Ramirez fight. I was actually just talking to Doug Fisher about that recently. All these fights are in flux, and we have to figure out who's going to get the assignment, right? Because there's a lot of fights coming to Florida. You guys just saw Tiafima Lopez is coming to Florida. I got that if I wanted. I just don't know if I want to go down there again for another mandatory type of fight. I, I got to see. Uh, and then with my training schedule, I, I got to see if that works. But... Um, 
Doug wanted this fight. <laughs> Doug was like, I got this shit. Fuck all you. It, you know, whatever Doug says goes. So he, he's working this fight because this card, guys, has three ring titles on the line. How often do you get that? And we only award a title if it's number one versus number two. That's it. So now, now well, I will say the junior flyweight fight, that's not a number one versus number two. The Japanese fighter is coming in with the ring belt. So a little distinction there, a little nuance there. But um, three ring magazine championship belts on the line on this card. Doug wanted to be here. So he wanted to be the one to present the, tie, the ring belts and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, now, perhaps Doug will want to do that for Taylor Ramirez. Perhaps not. I know he's burnt out in Vegas. I don't blame him. Uh, driving, doing the LA to Vegas drive, if you're part of the LA fight scene, you do that drive so many times a year and you deal with the Vegas bullshit several times a year that you just kind of get burnt out. And I know, I know a lot of you guys have a great time in Vegas. You have so much fun. But when you're working there, it's a little bit different scenario. Vegas used to be kind of a wide open town and a lot of fun, but they started charging for everything. And yes, I get reimbursed on some stuff because I'm getting paid for, for what I'm writing and posting and my podcast. I get all that. But now, dude, you got to pay to park at the MGM. And then like T-Mobile doesn't have a media center. So you have to go back over to MGM to get to the media center to post your work. It's, it's so much trouble, dude. It, it's so much easier in a, a city like this where American Airlines Arena or whatever the hell it's called. I know it's American Airlines something. They'll have a media center, the press box, everything's there. So like the weigh-in, the press conference, everything that you, do, you need for fight week is there. You just walk over to it, boom. Uh, parking and everything, like when we went to Miami to cover uh, Canelo versus Yildirim, parking was comped, food was comped, everything's comped by the promotion. We had to get a COVID test, that was comped. Everything, you know, and that's part of it in a, in a venue like that. So that's why it's a little easier, a little more fun for me to go to those sorts of events. But anyway, again, another long answer. Uh, I don't know what Doug wants to do. I don't know. May 22nd, I might be in the heart of training for something. I might be too busy. We'll see. It depends on how certain things work out. Um, we'll see. There, there's a couple of guys that there's, you know, some dudes with ring that might jump on that before I could even get to it. They might have already called it as far as I know. Oh, let's see here. Shadow Boxing, Estrada versus Donaire at 118 right now. Who you got? Whew. Can you ask me that tomorrow night, dude, after the fight tomorrow? Man, that's tough, dude. Um, I'm such a Nonito Donaire fan. When I get the chance to vote for him in the Hall of Fame, I will. First ballot for several reasons. But you guys got to remember, man, he moved up in weight and fought bigger guys for several years. So him going down to 118 and fighting Estrada, who'd be moving up, I, man, I'd have to favor Donaire. I know that might not be a popular answer. I, I might edge Donaire in that fight. I really might. Matthew D'Souza, Oscar Valdez, how do you see his next year panning out? I think he's going to have so many options, bro. Uh, Jamel Herring is about to fight... Uh, Carl Frampton, right? 
the winner of that fight is supposed to fight Shakur Stevenson, but who knows? <laughs> the winner of that fight might dump the title and say, ah, Shakur, have it. You can get your title over email. I'm going to go fight Oscar Valdez for more money because um, it might be more money at that point. There's so many options for Oscar right there. And then there's fighters for top rank um, right in and around 122, 126, 130, 135, right around there where he can maneuver. And then Top Rank has a good re uh, working relationship with Golden Boy, uh, who has several fighters in and around those weight classes. Dude, there's options galore. He could end up fighting Joseph Diaz. You know what I'm saying? So, so everyone wants to see him fight Gervonta Davis. I don't think either side's rushing to make that fight, but I think even it's, it's even more so on Tank's side. They do not want to take any tough fight like that right now. Not that I think Valdez is itching to fight Gervonta Davis right now, but I think he'd, he'd take that fight before Tank would. Um, but if he fights Joseph Diaz, if he fights, um, it's possible he could fight Shakur Stevenson, but I think they're going to build that fight. Top Rank's going to take their time building that fight. He could fight the winner between Frampton and Herring. He's got options, dude. He's got options. I'm forgetting. Some, there's somebody in the top of my mind I'm forgetting, but he's got several options. I think it's going to be fun. Shadow Boxing Center, uh, he says, I believe American Airlines Arena is in Miami. Okay. It's American Airlines something. I can't remember what the hell it's called. Cleafus says, just might buy some nosebleeds and swing by D-Town. Look, Cleafus, if you want to come here to this fight, DM me. My ticket broker dude, Jim Boone, will hook you up. Guys, if you order through Jim Boone and you tell him I sent you, he will give you a discount. He will take care of you. It is the Montero discount. So work with my guy, Jim. He's actually here working the fight. I'll probably see him tonight. And um, he, he works with people, okay? So, um, oh, Shadow Boxing says American Airlines Center is where you are. All right. All right. So I... Mixing them up. Hey, look, I was just in Miami two weeks ago, and now I'm here. So center, arena, it's easy to mix up, you know. All right. Let's see. Olaf the Mighty says, I got a Strada. Chocolatito is shot. Dude, how can you say Chocolatito is shot when he just beat Yafai? Uh, Yafai, I'm not saying Yafai is going to the Hall of Fame one day, but he is a quality prize fighter. That dude can fight, and he beat him pretty handedly. I, I don't think Chocolatito is shot. Now, is he past his prime? Yes, I agree with you there, if you're saying that. But shot? No, not shot. Shot sounds good right now. I could use a shot. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got in the chat here. Shadow boxing. Fantasy fight Michael Nunn versus Andre Ward at 168. Oh, my God, you're killing me here. Where does this fight take place? Who is the promoter? Who is the network? Who is the ref? Who are the judges? All of those things would come into play. Assuming that Andre Ward gets his way, which he did throughout his entire professional career, and that's his prerogative, not hating on him, but he never traveled. And by the, for the record, I voted for Andre for the Hall of Fame this year, first ballot. No-brainer, voted for him, okay? But he's, always, he's been very privileged and always had everything his way. So I'm assuming he gets his ref, his judges, his promotion, his network, everything in his favor. I'm going to take Andre Ward by controversial majority decision. 
Let's see. Yeah, all right, so I'm caught up on the chat. All right, guys, you got to give me some more or I'm bouncing out of here. We've been going for almost an hour. Wow, Edward on the chat says, big up from France. Thank you so much. for. Wow, man, that's the, that's the coolest part about what I do is I regularly get messages from you guys from all over the world. That's so cool. And then I get to meet you guys. And then I have a shout-out from Ukraine. Wow, a different Edward. Okay, so Edward Sabran says, big up from France. Edward R.K. says, shout-out from Ukraina. That's amazing, dude. That, that's the coolest part about what I do, man. I get to meet you guys from all over the world. It's so cool. Um, I was just, I had somebody ask me the other day, you know, um, about the radio work I've done. And I was telling them, you know, I haven't just done radio work in America. I've been on radio in Africa. I've been on radio in Europe, in Asia. Like the only continent I haven't hit yet is, I haven't done radio in Latin America, but um, I actually had uh, South America radio station hit me up last week to do a spot. I just wasn't available. I, I couldn't do it. But um, it, that's, that's the coolest part about boxing for me is that it, it truly touches every, every group, everybody. And, you know, not to get all kumbaya and all that or whatever right now, but I think that's really, really cool, man. It, tomorrow night at American Airlines Center, half a mile that way, a few blocks down the street. Um, I'm going to see Japanese flags, Nicaraguan flags, Mexican flags, American flags, Norway flags, right? I'm going to see these flags from all over the world, and I'm going to meet you guys because I'm going to actually be able to walk around the, the venue this time. I won't be in the bubble like I was two weeks ago in Miami. And I'll, I'll meet you guys from all over the world, man. That, that's so cool. And, like, so, so my family, my father's of... Latin extraction, mostly Sicilian, but also Spanish. Um, so my father's Latin and my mother's Eastern European, and it, which Ukrainian, Ukraina, which uh, I didn't know until very recently. 23andMe is what helped me find out uh, that. So I'm, I'm also very Eastern European. And my wife is Chinese and Vietnamese. So like our kids are going to be these f fucking mutts. I think that's so cool, man, you know? It's, and it's just so cool to meet you guys from all over the place. Cole Matsuda says, stupid question. How hard, is he, how hard is it for you to ask Eddie Hearn or any other promoter for an analyst or commentator job when you interview them? That's not a stupid question. Um, I, I've been, I, I don't know what the right word is, um, cheesy, um, <laughs> I, unprofessional. I, I've asked. I, I've asked you guys here on the chat to hit up the zone and tell them about me and my podcast, right? And I got shit for that. There was haters on Twitter who made fun of me and stuff for that. Uh, left comments on, on my videos and my podcast about that. I haven't asked Eddie Hearn, but I've asked a few people, and I've been told by a few people in the know. And, and I'm comfortable saying this. I can't name a source, but. I've been told by several people that that job's never going to me. I'm too truthful. Some of you guys out there say I've sold out and I, I don't go for it, go over the edge. Man, fuck that. Watch this week's episode of The Neutral Corner and the way I talk about Clarissa Shields and keep it real about and PBC schedule. Come on. You know, 
I, I'm trying to be a little more professional on my show because that's on Ring's platforms. This is different. This is on my channel. But I've been told by enough people, look, there's people at the BWAA that hate me. It's only a handful of them. But the board of directors unanimously voted for me to be in a BWAA. So there's certain people there that just have to tolerate me being there. Just like they have to tolerate some of my friends, my mentors that have uh, they associate me with, and maybe that's part of why they hate me so much. But certain people in the industry see me as a loose cannon because I don't play the role. I tell the truth. And because of that, guys, the truth is I'm never getting that commentary job. I'm never going to get a job on the zone, ESPN Plus, never going to happen. I should because I know I could crush it. I know I could do just as good better than most of the people that are already out there, Showtime, Fox, whatever, you name it. I know I could crush them. I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I'm just confident. I, I know that I could crush most of them. Some of them, no. Some of them are outstanding. But, and I admire all of them, okay? But I know I could do that job. They know I could do that job. But they also know that after a fight, I'm going to go on a rant and tell the truth about what just happened. And they don't want that. These networks now, these platforms, they are promoters in and of themselves. And they, you need to kind of play the corporate role. I'm just not built that way. I can do it to a certain extent, but I, I can't do it as much as they want. And for that reason, guys, I'm always going to be independent. I'm always going to be coming to you here on my channel, even though Doug is awesome. Doug Fisher is an amazing human being and appreciates what I do. And that's why he brought me on to ring and brought my show on to ring. But there's other people, I will say, I can't name names. There are certain people at the zone who'd love to have me on board. They've told me this, we've talked, we've shot shit, but they've told me also, Mike, it ain't never gonna happen. It is what it is. Okay, let's get, oh, now we got a bunch of questions after that, of course. Let's see here. Wow, shadow boxing. Roberto Duran versus Shane Mosley at 135. Woo! Shane was a beast at 135, but I can't go against Roberto Duran, bro. I'm going to take Roberto Duran decision. Matthew D'Souza, what fight are you most looking forward to this year, either made or likely to be made? You know what? As much as I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, Taylor Ramirez. And I call that the biggest matchup of the year. Some people got mad at that because they were like, dude, what about what's happening tomorrow night. The reason why I'm so excited for Taylor Ramirez is I don't give a shit that they're undefeated. It's that they're both in the prime of their career. There's so many fighters. Look at pretty much the entire PBC stable who are in a position like Taylor or Ramirez and are avoiding that sort of challenge. It's not only the PBC stable, just mostly. And it's like, look at 168, right? We wanted Plant and Benavidez to fight. We want to see Saunders fight a top guy. We want to see all these dudes fight each other. They're just waiting for the Canelo sweepstakes. Meanwhile, Taylor Ramirez fighting each other to consolidate all the titles. One of those dudes is going to take their first L. It might be by knockout. Both of them will likely move up to 147 afterwards and end up fighting maybe Terrence Crawford. But... That's a huge fight that 
not pay-per-view, regular ESPN. Not going to do a massive rating, but the winner of that fight is a bona fide top 10 pound for pound player. That's my favorite matchup. Matthew asked, do you see Loma being frozen out and he's now high risk, low reward? To a certain extent, yes, but he's still a name. So in the right conditions, certain fighters will fight him. I think we're going to see Loma. If I were Loma, I go down to 130. I go down to 130 and there's options there. He's not a, he's not a lightweight. He's just not. But maybe he'll stay at lightweight and fight somebody there. But if he moved down to 130, dude, there's Oscar Valdez, who's, I think, the number one guy there. Uh, if, if he wants to fight Stevenson, that's available. There's several fights for him at 130. And I think those guys would take that challenge because Loma's coming off a loss, dude. He didn't look great in that fight with Lopez. He looked old. So I, I think he's going to get fights. Cleveland McDonald asked, would Canelo take an Andre Ward fight? Yes, he would. Would Andre Ward take a Canelo fight? I don't know. I don't know. Rich Lopez, what is your take on Shields' pay-per-view card? Oh, he said your take on Shields' pay-per-view card was spot on. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate that. I took some shit for it. Let me tell you, I got some nasty messages this week for that rant. So your positive message, thank you. I, I, I needed that. <laughs> Uh, Edward says, uh, as you once said during one of your shows, boxing is a global sport, and that's one of, it great, that's one of its great parts. P.S. You pronounce Ukraina perfectly. I'm trying to learn, dude. So thank you, by the way, for saying that. But um, I, I grew up with my Italian heritage because I was raised as an Italian. But um, there was some drama <laughs> And some lies on my mom's side of the family. And we, I, I, my mom was raised thinking that she was northern Italian. Because my mom's fair-complected, tall, blonde hair. And so she was raised that she's like Swiss Italian, like northern Italian, right? My dad's Sicilian. He's a short, dark guy. Uh, my dad, it's funny because, like, if we go to a Mexican restaurant, they think he's Mexican. If we go to a Persian restaurant, they think he's Persian, right? I'm like a perfect mix, 50-50, of my parents, my features. Although, as I'm getting older, I look more like my mom. But anyway, um, I'm trying to learn more about that, that side of my heritage as I get older. And it, it's interesting. I, I guess I was born to be in boxing because there's a rich Italian tradition in boxing. And, of course, the Ukrainians now have had such a huge influence in boxing recently. So I guess it was no choice just through my blood that I get involved in boxing. Melody Joy says, I love Dougie and Kim. So do I. Those are my dudes. Those are my dudes. Shadow Boxing, Canelo versus Trinidad at 154. Good question. I'm taking Canelo. That's not going to be a popular answer. But, dude, if that fight's in Vegas, it's going the distance. It's going to, be, it's going to go to the cards. You think Trinidad's going to get the decision over Canelo in Vegas? I'm taking Canelo controversial decision. Now, are we talking Canelo from the first Golovkin fight, or are we talking recent Canelo? Because, you know, that's also different. So let, let me backtrack. If we're talking Canelo when he actually fought at 54, which is before Golovkin, I might take Trinidad. 
I might take Trinidad. So, you know, I need to rewalk that. Um, so, yeah. Before Golovkin, so if we're talking 2015, 2016 Canelo, I'm taking Trinidad. If we're talking the guy that's been fighting recently, if he could get down to 54, which I highly doubt, um, then I would take Canelo. Rich Lopez says, I expect I know your answer, but what is your take on people saying Julio Cesar Chavez is senior, sorry. (laughs) His record is padded, and he is not the greatest Mexican fighter. Been seeing a lot of that nonsense on Twitter. Dude, that's just young people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Chavez is Mexico's greatest fighter. So far. So far. For people trying to say Canelo's Mexico's greatest fighter, dude... He doesn't have the wins Chavez has. He doesn't has the he doesn't have the record. Canelo has a couple of good wins, but they weren't dominant, right? His best win so far, technically, is the Golovkin win. A lot of people felt he lost that fight, and I, I don't give a shit what anybody says. He absolutely lost that first fight. The second fight, okay, I can see it going either way. I really can. But. Um, you look at Chavez and the wins he had. Now, I will say, uh, the fight against Taylor, I don't know, dude. I think Taylor should have been allowed to finish that fight. I think that that should have been a, a win for Taylor. However, that doesn't change my opinion uh, of, of Chavez. Kouster says Sanchez is the GOAT. Okay, okay. We could have that discussion, okay? But for people that are, like, I think a couple guys on the Zones broadcast uh, when you beat Yildirim the other week, we're saying that he's already Mexico's greatest fighter. Yo, slow down. Slow down, dude. Canelo needs to do a lot more before we can have that discussion. Shadowboxer says Chavez wins are also very questionable. Yes, he has some questionable wins. Um, and there was some, you know, shadiness with Don King. I, I get all that, guys. I, I do. But... You can't take away the accomplishments, man. That dude, his inside fighting and his pressure fighting and his stamina, the chin, he was special. He was special. Luke says, Chavez numbers are great. Some fights, breathtaking. But on I, I prefer Sanchez. That's a good, you know what? Okay. Sanchez is more of a stylist. Maybe prettier. Chavez was a little more like a bulldozer. You know what I'm saying? Construction equipment, more like a bulldozer. And Sanchez is more like a BMW, just smoothly driving down the street. So, okay. I I can accept that. I can accept that. Matthew D'Souza asks, is there any challenge on the horizon for Canelo? (sighs) Dude, his biggest challenge at 168 is David Benavidez who, by the way, made weight today and is going to look great tomorrow. I think he's going to stop Ronald Ellis. That's the perfect matchmaking for him. And I do think if Dimitri Bevel came down to 68, which I don't know if he, he will, the only real challenge is if Canelo wants to move up, fight Benavidez at 68 and then move up to 75 and fight Baturbiev Bevel. Here's the thing, guys. Timing is everything. Timing's everything. At some point, Benavidez is going to go to 175. But when he's busting at the seams already at 68, if I'm Canelo and I'm trying to be smart, maybe I tell 
Benavidez's as people. Okay, we do this fight, but it's at 168. Knowing Benavidez has to absolutely kill himself to make that weight. You fight him there. Then you go, let's say, to 75, and you fight an old Baturbiev who is injury-prone, been inactive, but has titles undefeated right now, but you get him at the right time. It's all about that sort of thing for him, right? Uh, that opportunistic matchmaking, which Canelo can do because he's the A-side. He's the A-side of everybody. Everybody in boxing below heavyweight, Canelo's the A-side. So he can dictate terms, and it's very, very possible. I'm not saying likely, I'm saying possible, that Canelo could end up winning the titles at 68, and then moving up to 75 and winning all the titles there. I'm telling you right now, it's very possible because those divisions aren't the strongest and because of the timing. But Turbiev from two or three years ago, Canelo doesn't want none of that shit. Uh, Dimitri Bivol on the top of his game, David Benavidez at 175 where he'll be stronger, I don't think Canelo wants any of that. But he could dictate, ter dictate terms to move, manipulate things, and fight those guys where it's at his advantage. He could beat them, win their titles. I'm telling you right now, he could very, very likely win all the titles at 68 and 75 before it's all over. If he does that, despite not fighting in the strongest era ever, then maybe we're having a discussion about the best, at least most accomplished Mexican fighter of all time, then who Gennady Golovkin will still have a win over in my eyes. <laughs> Luke says, at heavyweight, Canelo would be the A-side too. You're probably right, dude. Outside of England, you're probably right. Cleefus says, if Canelo were to call out Andre Ward out of retirement, I'll entertain someone calling him the Mexican GOAT. He's not going to do that because Ward isn't going to entertain that. And if he beat Ward, which I think he would at 168 right now, he'd get no credit for it. Ward hasn't fought in years, you know, it just, there's, there's no winning in that. Ward doesn't bring anything to the table. He, he doesn't bring any, anything fun. Look, does Andre Ward bring any more money than David Benavidez or Caleb Plant do? No, he doesn't. That's the truth. He doesn't. I think Benavidez brings in way more money. If Benavidez and Canelo fought around Cinco de Mayo or Mexican Independence Day, it brings in significantly more money than him fighting Andre Ward. That's the truth. So why call out Andre Ward? You get nothing from it. Except for fight nerds like us. We're the only ones who care. Uh, Shadow Boxing asks, do you think Canelo might be the first 168 undisputed champion? On paper, yes. I think so. However, I think Joe Calzaghe was the legitimate 168 champion. I think he got stripped of one of the titles or something because he didn't fight their mandatory. He went, did a, a bigger fight instead. So I don't really give a shit. You guys got to stop honoring the sanctioning organizations so much because they're idiots and they manipulate. They let, they let promoters manipulate them to manipulate fans. And so, look, Calzaghe was the legitimate 168 champ. Andre Ward was the legitimate 168 champ. If Canelo gets all the titles, so what? That's politics because the, the sanctioning buyers are getting so much money off of Canelo. If, let's say this. If Canelo beats Saunders, which he will, and then he fights Plant later and beats him, did he fight better fighters or did he beat better fighters than Calzaghe did to win undisputed super middleweight championship? I don't think so. 
did he beat better fighters than Andre Ward? Andre Ward beat a prime Carl Frotch. And he, he also beat Mikel Kessler. Maybe not prime, a little bit past his best, but I don't think Canelo beat better fighters than Kelzaghi or Ward, necessarily. Maybe he's right even with them, but maybe a little under them, actually, in terms of who he beat. So I don't give a shit about the titles. To me, I won't recognize Canelo as being the first undisputed champion. At one I thought Kelzaghi was undisputed. I thought Ward was too. Screw what the sanctioning bodies say. Cause, or, uh, sorry, uh, Coster says, Canelo Benavidez, where would you put that fight? In L.A.? At LAFC Stadium? i tell you where that fight would go, dude. That would go, as awesome as it would be in L.A., it would be great in L.A., they would put that in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, the, the football stadium. And they would do that 100% capacity. It'd be huge. It'd be huge, man. That'd be a, an amazing... Maybe that's the first big fight that goes to that stadium. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute. Sun Monkey Kong, Monkey Kong says, I pick Juan Francisco Estrada to beat Chocolatito by split decision. Chocolatito will always bring his best, but I think Estrada is just a fresher fighter. I completely agree with you. That's the way I see it, too. So uh, Luke says, I'm saying Luke Vlarsdak. Vlarsdak, am I close to that last name? He says, damn right, screw the ABC belts, go for real fights. Exactly. Giuseppe LaRocca says, Teofimo Lopez versus Cambosis in Miami. Yes, going to Miami, that is done. Uh, I don't think they have the venue yet, but that is going to Miami. Clevis McDonald, Jim Boone, KO tickets. Yes, hit him up and tell him Montero sent you. He will take care of you. If you just call him up, he'll take care of you. But if you call him up and say, Michael Montero referred me, he'll really take care of you. All right, Luke says I almost got it right. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Unrivaled just joined. Mark, you just joined. We've been going for over an hour, bro. I'm losing my voice here. I need another drink. So we're about to, we're about to wrap this up. Uh, unrivaled, um, good stuff with your prediction. I watched that the other day. Good job, brother, with your fight prediction for tomorrow. Joseph says, you going to be there? Because I will. I'll see. I talked about that fight a little bit earlier. Um, I'll probably get the assignment for ring. I don't know if it makes sense for me to go down there. I might be busy training for some competition stuff I have coming up later this year. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, Unrivaled says, fight of the year, Mike. Yes, Mark, so far, yes. Now, Taylor Ramirez, we'll see, that might outdo it. But for right now, yes, absolutely fight of the year. All right, guys, we're about 80 minutes in. I hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, me chilling up here on the roof. You guys know I love rooftops. Um, enjoy the fight tomorrow, man. If I can, I'll do like a ringside recap, you know, uh, right there at the venue or maybe come back to the hotel and do a recap. Look for my recap tonight at ringtv.com for the rugby side fight. I'm covering that fight for Ring TV. And uh, that's an important fight because if he wins that fight, he's in the running to face the winner tomorrow night, right? And that, that's a big deal. So, all right, guys, uh, peace from Dallas. I'll see you at the fights.